It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, good evening, and this is Kim with Black Free Thinkers, where we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. And tonight we have a special show. Um, we're doing a Monday night show because we wanted to talk about this crisis in Nigeria. You know, bring back our girls, bring back our daughters, and we wanted to have a roundtable discussion with. You know, people that have been following this story, people that, you know, um, are attached somewhat to this story and understand what's happening. And I wanted to give you all some back some backstory on this for those that aren't really familiar. And basically, since the beginning of 2014, and I, re- I received this information from L.A. Progressive, Dr. Butler had written this piece and said since the beginning of 2014, Over 1,500 people have lost their lives to terrorist attacks in the northern regions of Nigeria. On the same day of the kidnapping that we'll be speaking about later, a bomb exploded in the capital, killing 70 people and injuring 124 others. Boko Haram has taken responsibility for the bombing. And armed men herded the girls out of bed and forced them into trucks on April 14th in the town of Chabal. The convoy of trucks then the convoy of trucks then disappeared into the dense Sambisa forest bordering Cameroon. Over 200 girls were kidnapped from their homes in the middle of the night. The numbers are disputed. It ranges from 70 to 234. A military source says 70, and the school's headmistress says 234. But militants seized about 230 girls in the dead of the night at a high school in the nation's far northeast. And Boko Haram, well, Boko Haram, their name translates to Western education is a sin. The group especially opposes the education of women. They believe that women should be at home raising children and looking after their husbands, not earning, not learning to read and write. And they claim responsibility for the kidnapping of hundreds of schoolgirls. And basically they call the girls slaves and threaten to sell them in a market by Allah. 
and they want to basically make these kidnapped girls perform chores and sexual services. Now, over 230 parents have registered the names of their daughters, which were released the other day, as missing on the day of the kidnapping. And basically, you know, there has been very little, very little media coverage of this. The government is fervently praying, fasting, and maintaining silence on this particular issue, although they have reached out to the United States and other countries that have finally offered some type of aid and service um, to help bring these young women back home. Tonight we have three or four guests, actually. We have Dr. Anthea Butler, we have Tika Lark, we have Dr. Kamala Hayward, and um, Loretta. And Dr. Anthea Butler is an Associate Professor of Religious Studies and Africana Studies at the University of Pennsylvania and Graduate Chair of Religious Studies. She holds a Ph.D. from Vanderbilt University in Religion, a Master's in Religion from Vanderbilt, and a Master's in Theology from Fuller Theological Seminary. She's a historian of American African-American religion. Professor Butler's research and writing spans religion and politics, religion and gender, African-American religion, sexuality, and the religion and popular culture. Tika Lark Fleming is the publisher and founder of Morningside Park Chronicle newspaper and the founder and co-director of the environmental group Morningside Park Sustainable City. And we have Loretta on the line with us, and she's a nurse. She's going to give us some insight on this as well. We have Dr. Kamala Hayward-Rotini, and she's an anthropologist who is a visiting scholar at the Center for African and African-American Research at Duke University. She is also a visiting research scholar in the Department of Sociology and Anthropology at Obafemi University in Nigeria and is an adjunct affiliate in the Department of Anthropology at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Her research interests include race, gender, science, digital media and education. She is presently working on a manuscript that looks at the impact of internet fraud, also known as 419 or Yahoo Yahoo, and lives in the everyday Nigerian community. She just came back from Nigeria, as a matter of fact. So, you know, I, I would like to welcome our guests here today. We appreciate your taking time out to spend with us today to talk about this very, very important topic about what's happening over there because you know, these young girls, their lives are valuable. And, you know, I just didn't understand why there wasn't a lot of media behind it. Now it's gaining traction, but it's because of social media. But I guess my first question that I would throw out there is, why were these young girls kidnapped? And is this a regular occurrence? Was this politically motivated or a religious war? And I would like to start with um, Dr. Butler. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. What has been interesting to me in reading Nigerian media is that a lot of people say, this is a secular nation. This is not a religious battle. This is terrorism. I'm like, well, if you have a, your name is Boko Haram and you say Western education is forbidden, then there's already a sense in which they are appealing to something that they believe religiously, but they also have a political act to grind. I'm not saying that that um, act to grind is fair. Um, I think it's both. I think part of the issue right now is that um, the government has not handled this as well as they probably could have. I mean, it's a very difficult situation to begin with, but the fact that the president just, you know, basically for the first time said something about the kidnapping two days ago when he's been at weddings and birthdays and everything else doesn't look very good, and the girls have been missing for three weeks now. 
Um, let me just say one more thing about the, the fact about why this took so long. I think, you know, for those of us who if you just pay attention to only American media, you would not have gotten the story very quickly. I saw it immediately through Twitter, and I saw it through the BBC. And it's a very difficult, you know, place to get news out of, first of all, because you're talking about, you know, an area that's a little bit remote, that's, that's first off. Second, to get traction in a news cycle about something that's going on with even maybe, you know, both parties don't really want you to know what happened. Boko Haram needs secrecy to be able to carry off 200 girls, and the government, Nigerian government doesn't want you to know because, you know, they've got to figure things out, or if they're not figuring things out, they don't want you to know. And then you've got to crack a news cycle where you've got a missing plane and a bunch of races running around, and that makes it very difficult to get stories in that I think, you know, especially this story, is, is vitally important. Exactly. Exactly. And Dr. Rotimi? Yeah, hey, Rotimi. Uh-huh. Um, well, I uh, concur with Dr. Butler. Definitely is obviously a political and religious um, uh, movements going on from Boko Haram. Uh, what I wanted to point out from my time there in Nigeria um, as far as your question about is this a regular occurrence, um, when I lived in uh, southwest Nigeria, um, that's a pretty very different culture, about 50% Christians, 50% Muslims. But even the Muslims in that part of Nigeria, which is predominantly Yoruba, um, have a very uh, not as conservative interpretation of Islam. Uh, what is very prevalent and what is very serious for most Nigerians at this point and ever since five years ago is that there has been terroristic acts from Boko Haram that have conscribed their movement in Nigeria. Um, so I would like to say that even the Muslims that would be sympathetic towards um, Sharia law in northern Nigeria have also been terrorized by Boko Haram. So uh, the occurrence of the massive abduction of the young girls, obviously that was just unprecedented. And just uh, the reaction or the slow reaction and response from Nigerian government has, is something that Nigerians have been complaining about, uh, I would say, for the past five years with the constant terroristic acts from Boko Haram. Excellent. And, and Loretta? Okay. Um, this is uh, Tika. And what I kind of wanted to, you know, you know um, um, talk about was the fact that recently, like, $2 billion was, was missing, and they um, – um, Good luck, Jonathan. He got um, he got rid of the head of the central bank, Lenito um, Sanchez, and you kind of almost wonder if if this is a, a distraction for that. Um, you know, it always comes back to oil and money in the United States. <laughs> Not trying to always you know put it there, but it seems like um, this this these these kind of acts, these terrorism, terrorism acts, especially with the oil issue, the peak oil crisis that we have in the United States or just in the world in general, that could be um, connected, um, possibly. Okay. 
Okay, excellent. And what I've been reading and seeing on just different media is basically there have been protests against the Nigerian government for their lack of effort, for their silence on this. And as Dr. Butler said earlier, they were continuing on with the weddings and birthdays. And now that these protests have you know, garnered international coverage, the government is now um, embarrassed. And they have not made any attempts, well, to my knowledge, they haven't made any attempts to rescue the girls because Boko Haram stated that if they made any attempts that they would kill the remaining girls. And from my understanding, 43 of the girls escaped, um, three died, and 18 others are sick, and they're threatening to kill the remaining hostages if there's any attempt by the military to come in and rescue these young women. Um, is the government hands tied? Have they made any type of attempts? Have you all heard anything? Um, let's start with... Go ahead. Well, this is Moretta, and I think that just because you, uh, a militant group decides that they're going to threaten you with taking their lives does not mean that you should not move forward with trying to rescue them, because if you don't, they're going to be dead anyway, or they're going to be sold to people who are not going to care for them. And you also got to think about the parents who are also afraid that if they come forward, something can happen to the girls too. So but as far as the Nigerian government not moving to try to rescue these girls, it is, they have been going slow, slowly, and I really think that that fear of this militant group is the reason why they called on the British, France, and U.S. to step in and help. Okay, and I agree with that. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, just go ahead. No, whoever was speaking, go ahead, just tell us who you are. Okay, this is Pamela. Um, I would uh, also, the... As, as we were talking about the the inaction of the government, and you know, this has been just a chronic problem in Nigeria um, in regards to Boko Haram attacks. When when I was there, and being a U.S. citizen, I would occasionally receive warnings from the U.S. Embassy: Do not go to the mall today. There's been a threat of a bombing by Boko Haram. This would go to the newspaper, and President, you know, Goodluck Jonathan would pretty much be silent. I think there's also a concern in this particular uh, situation that there is um, a, a limited action because these girls are predominantly from uh, poor homes. Uh, government schools in Nigeria are generally uh, the schools that the working class and the poor attend, or the children of the working class and the poor attend. So you'll have uh, children of washer ladies, you'll have children of cab drivers, children of market ladies who attend these schools, and those are not the, that's not the constituency that Jonathan would be concerned with. So there's so many different layers of why there's this inaction, but the point is, as you know, has been pointed out, even in this discussion, is that the inaction is just chronic. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. And then also, I mean, I think the bigger issue is it's not really about whether or not they have, you know, the, the military is out there looking for those girls. I mean, we've heard from Jonathan himself yesterday that he doesn't know where they are. Now, he could be, he could be lying. I would appreciate that. But the one thing that is, much, that is very important about this is that he has not reached out to those people who have lost their children to kidnap. Right. And I think that's, I mean, that's the first thing a national leader does is to comfort the nation, say things are going to be okay, even if they aren't, and to meet with those who have, you know, uh, lost someone or are in the dire straits that these young women are. That hasn't happened. So I think from that point alone, he gets an F from me. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, what I find interesting is when Flight 370 disappeared, I mean, I couldn't turn on any station, and there was coverage everywhere. It was coverage in my sleep. It was just, you know, all over the place. You know, when the chaos, you know, broke out in the Ukraine, Every day, daily coverage about all of this, what happened with the ferry, with the students when it sank, you know, coverage everywhere. But 230, you know, plus children, young girls are kidnapped and crickets and tumbleweeds. And I'm just not understanding how that happened. And what I wonder is if these young girls were European, would that have garnered more coverage? I, I, and that's part of the media. I mean, that's that's even you know being part of the black media in Los Angeles. You know, we struggle with um, being human, um, and I think that you know, it, you know, even though we have you know Lupita, um, we have you know all these authors, we have all these people, but still they're viewed in the world at large as um, an exception. Um, us being human is an exception, not the rule. So when there's 200 and, you know, some people say 34, Al Jazeera said 276 of our people that are missing, you know, because there are people, whether they're in Nigeria, whether they're in Kenya, whether they're in the United States, when they're missing, if you just, oh, it's, it's just like some funny thing, you know, that's just what they do there, you know. And I think because that danger of that single story that, that's told, oh, they just wore there and people die and that's just common, so not a big deal. Right. Dr. Haywood, will you me? Yes, um, I, I mean, Tika put, you know, got the nail on the head there. I mean, the problem is the one story, and the one story increasingly when we're talking about uh, various uh, areas and nations of the South, uh, in this case we're talking about Africa, you know, African young girls, uh, there seems to be uh, an assumption in the West that, Whatever goes on there, whether it be violent, um, poverty, you know, any kinds of uh, corruption, that that's just what happens there, and we should leave it alone. And then also, you know, um, there is the interest of trying to keep Nigeria happy, considering it's such a major oil producer, and I'm sure Britain and the U.S., in, in some respects, would want to make sure that they do not step on any, any on any feet. And then also, you have the government, the Nigerian government, that's turning, you know, their back on the situation, so to speak. So, uh, all of that is is the problem, but also it's the way that Africa is seen and depicted 
in the media and in the stories that we tell about Africa, which sort of deadens our attention to a crisis like this. Um, I don't know. Somebody's got something on in the background. I can barely hear what everybody's saying. Um, oh. Yeah, sorry. I just like I just like I hear the. Um, so I I I think um, you know part of part of the issue is going to be you know all these things, oil, gas, all this stuff is going. But the the biggest thing that's happening immediately that has you know sort of locked down the country is the World Economic Forum at the end of this week for the 7th to the 9th. And basically what President Johnson, what President Johnson did was to say all the schools are going to be closed, everything's going to be closed because we need it right. to be safe. And now the, um, the United States has put out uh, a travel warning saying that basically you shouldn't stay in the Sheraton, I believe, <clears throat> in Lagos because they're afraid that there's going to be a bombing. And Boko Haram has said, well, we're going to just keep going, you know. So I think that um, – People will get involved for this reason and this reason alone. I think this transcends oil and everything else. This may be another another terror spot in a way, and mm-hmm. I know that between um, you know what has happened in the Middle East, what has happened um, with military intervention that many people have not paid attention to, when the pirates were off of the coast of East Africa. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let this stand too long. I, I don't think so. I don't know what I feel about that, but I do feel that when you have 200 children involved, and this is just a tragedy, and I don't know, I don't see anything right now from the Nigerian military that makes me think that they will be able to find these girls alive. Oh, wow. You know, I'm sorry to hear that. And, you know, speaking of this, you know, what culpability does the um, school headmistress have? Because from what I read, you know, basically there were security alerts sent out and many of the schools, well, every other school in the area was shut down because of these security concerns, but this school was kept open to take a physics test. So um, um, what culpability well, does the school have? I can't hear. Uh. Yeah. Right. Hello, can you? Hello? Whoops. Hey, I put her on mute, so let me take her back off mute. Sorry, Tika. Now, I was talking Hello? about the culpability of the school, of the head mistress. Oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear you. Um, in regards to in regards to culpability, in regards to the, the head mistress, I, I do not, um, I, I really do not feel that that necessarily is, uh, that, that, that she's responsible for that. And, um, I you know, the thing that's so weird is that I don't know if I even really want the military. I guess that's the only people that can go get them, but do we want the military involved? I mean, I, I mean, in regards to, I don't even know what's kind of going on. Like, it, with the military, would it be safe? I mean, are they having issues? I mean, is the military behind this? I mean, what, what is, you know, what is it? I, I think that's kind of the, the thing. Because we hear the single story, I feel like the whole story is not being told, and I feel that sometimes the suggestions of our health might actually end up getting more people killed. That's my that's my fear. And, and this is Loretta. Also, also, oh, Loretta, go, go ahead. ahead. Repeat the question go ahead. again. Go ahead. 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 Go were able to take that many girls at one time, 
I don't think she could have done anything alone. And that's why, like, after everything happened, after they were kidnapped and, and drug away, you know, in these cars into the forest, a, a father said he, he followed them and saw where they were being held. And could he do anything? No, it was just him against all of those militants. And he couldn't do anything, so it, it was the same situation. So, no, I don't think she could be held responsible for that. And why didn't, you know, since the father knew where these girls were being held, why didn't, why wasn't he able to just contact the Nigerian government, the president, say, oh, they're being held here, let's go get them? Why was that not an option? Well, um, this is Kamala. <laughs> To just describe some of the communication problems that goes on um, in Nigeria, and especially in northern Nigeria, there have been um, several times where Boko Haram has cut the communication lines, has cut the telephone lines. Um, that said, uh, there may be a lot of situ- a lot of um, situations as far as why the father did not contact the government, or the father may have contacted somebody in the government and got the, the you know, just dis, dis, dismissed. So we, we, there's a lot of things that we don't know. There's a lot of ifs, but what I will say is that it's not as simple as picking up the phone and calling 911. That, that, that does not happen yes. there. Especially with that kind of situation involved. I guess with... All the politics aside, all the blame aside, why why didn't the Nigerian government do this or that? I think of mostly me being in the healthcare field. I'd be mostly concerned with, you know, the people, the children or the girls that escaped. You know, three died, and I don't remember the statistics of how many were sick. But I would be mostly concerned with the care and well-being of the girls that are are alive now and what can be happening to them right now, how afraid they possibly could be. And because of that and knowing that they're children, that by itself should be motivation enough for somebody, just somebody, to do something right now. It should be very urgent. Excellent. I would agree. I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, you can't you can't put the blame on the headmistress because basically, you know, what what happened was they had guards at the school. They weren't enough. I mean, you got you know two truckloads full of men coming. What are you going to do, right? You can't really push right. them back. They don't have enough firepower for that. Um, they will be blamed, however, because somebody has to put the blame on someone, and this is the sad, the very sad part uh, about all of this. But I, I want to sort of second. Um, what was just said before me, and I forgot your name. I'm so sorry. Um, basically, these girls are in really bad shape because, you know, they're probably being raped consistently and, you know, being sold into sexual slavery. And I think to to soft-pedal this and say marriage or they were just, you know, they were just taken makes it, you know, unreal. But to talk about the very real things that could be happening to them puts a whole other phase on it altogether and a whole other sense of urgency. So I don't think that the story should be soft-pedaled by any, you know, any way. And I think that the more we talk about the, the real horrible things that could be happening to them, 
that it makes a sense of urgency to go and find them. Exactly, exactly. And basically, how can we help them? How, us as Americans, us as, you know, fellow women that want to, you know, reach out and, you know, women and men, just, you know, Americans, if we want to help, how do we go about providing assistance? What can we do? Let me just start, if you don't mind. I think one of the things that was really important is to get the story out. I started tweeting this literally, you know, within the first 12 hours it happened when I found out. And I've been doing it consistently every day, and I've made a point to really get into the story. And I, I realize that people can't do what I'm doing. However, I do think it's important to keep, you know, keep abreast of the news, to keep um, this in the forefront, whatever kind of social media you have. Part of the reason why the, you know, the Nigerian government has had to say some things is because of the Twitter hashtag that started there, um, Bring Back Our Girls. And that put a lot. I think that's put some pressure on them to pay attention to this in a different way that they might may have had otherwise. So I think that's really important. And then also, you know, and write your congressperson, write your senator, you know, sign petitions, do the kinds of things that we can do, and, you know, and keep the story out there. I think that's the most important thing. Is that once the story started to get traction, one of the reasons why I did is because it was a Twitter swarm of Black Twitter putting it out there. And, and asking the question, why weren't people talking about the story? And it got picked up. So I think that's the most important thing we can do is to keep talking about it and keep those girls at the forefront, you know, of, of the news. Yeah, and I, social media has just definitely been uh, the space where all kinds of grassroots movements have really great, gained voice and, and been able to share news like, you know, Occupy Nigeria, uh, which was a couple of years ago. Um, and like Dr. Butler said, <clears throat> what we need to do is to support those movements, those digital movements that are going on, whether it be on Twitter. There's uh, youth movements in Nigeria that are reaching out to try to gain support from, you know, the, the global community. Uh, there's all these different spaces that you can go to and, you know, lend your your signature with the petitions and just whatever kind of support or, you know, keeping it, keeping it alive, basically. And I would say that that was one of the foremost reasons why Jonathan was shamed into um, making a statement and even – the first lady, Patience Jonathan, a good luck. Um, sorry, Jonathan uh, came out and said something also. Well, also too um, in LA, like um, me and Maretta are the speaker from the Chronicle. We're going to be going to a, a rally in Los Angeles to kind of like bring awareness to it to different people. Like they're having um, rallies today all over the all over the country in LA, um, in New York, in Chicago to kind of bring awareness to bring back our girls. And I think that that's another thing, too. And as me and the media, I'm, I'm trying to cover it for the, the African-American community and, like, you know, make it something that, you know, it's in, it's, in, it's in our churches, it's in our communities, it's in our schools to become. And I think it's so strange that with so many of these movements with people who, you know, quote, unquote, don't matter, whether it be the um, indigenous people in um, Canada with their I Don't Know More movement, 
or the, you know, Save Our Girls movement, these are movements that were built out of the social media. Like, who is legit media when our, you know, quote-unquote legit media is not reporting things that are happening to the actual people anymore? Exactly. Exactly. I agree with you, and that's why I want to tell people to pay attention to the hashtag bring back our girls, and then there's another hashtag, bring back our daughters. And I posted on our Facebook page, our Tumblr, Google, as well as Twitter, um, links for rallies that are happening all across the country. There's another rally here in Chicago this Saturday. I'll be at that rally. I know you all are on your way to the one in Los Angeles. I know um, Dr. Hutchison is going to be there and Vita and a bunch of other people from the community. So we want people to get out. We want them to participate. Um, another hashtag is Black Twitter. If you're missing out on some news, you put that hashtag in. Trust me, you'll find out what's happening out there. And so I agree with everybody. You know, we need to keep this alive. We need to keep this in the forefront and continue talking about these issues and bringing, bringing light to it because, again, if that had been 200 young girls from Paris, you know, it would be a different story. And, you know, but not only with this story here with these young girls, we still have black and missing in this country that doesn't get the media coverage that it needs either. So, you know, we want to bring some attention to that as well. But with these young people, we want to definitely keep this on the forefront. Um, eventually, hopefully, they'll come home. This is what we want. But is there any way that they can prevent these types of kidnappings from happening? I think with, with one thing for the media, what we can do, Tatika, is to make sure that we are telling complete stories of people. So when people are missing, it matters. Um, you know what? Our, if, if the white media does not want to cover Nigeria, then the black media, whether it be in the U.K., whether it be in Nigeria, whether it be in Los Angeles, the black media, like Ebony Magazine, we should be covering Nigeria, not just when stuff like this happens, but when good stuff happens, when they're doing fashion, when they're doing, like, literature, when they're having, like, you know, soccer games. They had, like, World Cup in, in Africa. That should have been a big, major story in all the black newspapers. We can build our own network. We don't have to, you know, we shouldn't have to depend on the New York Times. We should have, you know, our version of the New York Times in black America and in the U.K., and in Paris, and in Nigeria. So when stuff like this happens, we can all network, and we, we can matter because we control our own media. We can't be waiting for corporate America or white America to think that we matter. We have to matter to ourselves and build our own network within our own black community. Because our community is huge. You know, black Twitter goes all over the world, and our media should be going all over the world, not just looking at our own backyard. Kamala? Yeah, um, wow, I've, I'm just pondering that question. You said is there a way to prevent the kidnappings such as these to stop happening? Um, the the optimistic answer question. is yes. <laughs> um, it, there is so much that needs to be done um, on the political front in Nigeria. If we're talking about on the ground, if we can prevent those types of um, kidnappings, but one thing that I know for sure that you know this whole uh, social media support can do is is to keep a, keep a, a vigilant eye on you know people in Nigeria in areas like uh, northern Nigeria who you know need assistance in in guarding their communities and keeping them safe. Um, 
you know, that that's the only thing I can think at this time. The corruption is so deep that there needs to be another overhaul, even though it's a democratic, it's, it's professed to be a democratic government, there are so many different factions. So that that's my my long sort of complex answer to whether or not the kidnappings can stop. Short answer, no. No. Honestly, no. <laughs> Just no. Wow. Just no. Because that and and you know that that sounds really terrible to say, but I mean it, it would take a longer time than we have time for here. But basically, yeah. until you start to change some of the religious and social, social socialization of both men and women, that this will not happen. It will continue. This is about trafficking. This is about rape. It's about rape culture. It's about all kinds of things. Patriarchy. And I think that you can't be naive to think that this is going to stop any time in our lifetime. Wow. Yeah, I can I can definitely agree with that and see how, you know, that's possible. But I guess my next question, and we're going to start winding this down, but my next question is, now that these other countries are starting to offer assistance and offer aid, will that be an obstacle to the country getting those girls back, meaning that will Boko Haram um, start, well, continue to hurt those girls or sell them off because of their anger in America um, interfering even more with their country? Well, I think um, it was Tika who said earlier that um, inaction is not going to make the girls any safer. So uh, with the international involvement, you know, and we don't even know how in-depth that involvement is. So that's a whole other issue. But with the international community, uh, rather the governments becoming uh, available to the Nigerian government and the threat of Boko Haram harming the girls more, I would say Boko Haram is on their own track. And, you know, they're going to try to get their message out by any means necessary. And the involvement of the West is is not going to embolden them any more than what they're doing right now. They're already putting the girls in, in harmed way. Right. This is Moretta. I agree with that. Yeah, I was the one who said that earlier. Um, okay, sorry, Moretta. Oh, that's okay. Uh, you can't be intimidated by a group. That's exactly what they are. They're a group. And you're talking about nations coming in to help. You're talking about thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people coming in to help with these girls. And you're not going to be intimidated, we have never backed down from any group, no matter how big or small they were. You can never back down from a group or be intimidated by them and sacrifice the lives of young girls that are crying out for our help, and you know they are because of everything that might be happening to them. So we go there you do everything you can to get them back and bring our girls back, regardless and despite of the threat. And that's that's the nature and spirit of the U.S. and I'm sure of the other countries that have been asked to help. Tika? 
Yes. Um, well, I mean, I, I said in regards to, you mean to, to wrap it up, um, I said just in regards to going in there, um, I have a little bit of a different view. I'm a little bit afraid <laughs> what might happen. I, I don't have as much faith as Loretta. Um, I, I, I really, you know, I, I would hope that we could, could talk them out or have, you know, have, you know uh, reason with them. Maybe that's, maybe that's completely stupid for me to think that. Um, but I, I don't know, um, the U.S. military going in there, um, the, you know, even the Nigerian military even getting more power, I don't know, because I can see that happening too. Um, I don't know, you know, because it, 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 that, that's, that would probably be my answer. I, I would like to try, try talking first before sending people over there um, or, or giving um, the Nigerian um, military more money for things. Um, so that's my final thought. Okay, Dr. Butler? Well, at the risk of sounding like what I wish I didn't sound like, um, I don't think that you can talk to Boko Haram. That's not what they want. <laughs> and if they wanted to talk, they would talk. That's not their plan. That's, that's not how these people operate at all. And it would be lovely if we thought that they would, but they won't. So that's number one. Number two is um, I think they could probably do an extraction, but they won't get all the girls. I think that's a, that's pretty much a given already. You have to also think about that this happened before, um, and I'm forgetting right now what country this was. This is back in the 90s where over 100 girls were taken. It took almost 10 years for some of those girls to come back, to get them back, Okay. So that's the that's the reality. The, the reality is is that even if, you know, all things being equal, somebody goes in and extracts, and I say somebody because, once again, I'm going to say that um, parts of the Nigerian military are not ready to do this. Um, and that's sad because it's not been the Nigerian military of the past either. It is the Nigerian military of right now. I want to make a differentiation between that. I think that... Um, they can recover some. I don't think they will recover all. And that's what hurts me the most. Every day that they've been out there has added, you know, time and distance. And whatever has happened on the ground, whether that was the government obfuscating or not knowing or being afraid, the fact of the matter is is that when the Boko Haram um, video came out today, he is taunting them because he knows that they can't do anything right now. And if any nation had waited three weeks to go get their girl from some terrorists, you know that they can't do anything. And that's just mm-hmm. the guys on the truth. Well, there you so go. I don't, a, I don't think it's an argument about this at all. No, no, none whatsoever. It's like their backs are up against the wall. And it's unfortunate. And what I find even more unfortunate is I feel as though by this not receiving the type of coverage that it so well deserves that, you know, we don't want these young people, some of them, you know, the ones that escaped, you know, they're watching this and they're grieving for their friends and relatives because, you know, they may have sisters or cousins or whomever that may be part of the young ladies that are still being held hostage. We don't want them to think that we forgot about them. You know, they're definitely not alone out there, and I think, you know, we're all pulling for them to come back home safely. 
safely. Um, and, again, it was reported that three young ladies died, and I believe 18 others were sick at the time. So, again, you know, our hearts are with them, and, you know, we're going to keep an eye on this story and keep it in front so that people will know what's happening. I would encourage people, those that can, to go out to these rallies and to show your solidarity and your support of these young ladies, you know, and bringing them back home. So I wanted to give our panelists, and I wanted to thank, you know, all of you all for being a part of the show tonight, and I wanted to give you all a chance to give some parting words. So I'll start with um, Tika. Okay. Um, My parting words are support black media, no matter where it is, support the voice in the U.K., support um, the, the Chicago Defender in the United States, support your media, support our media, support people who are covering your community. People who aren't support, are covering your community, regardless of where your community lives, they don't care about you. And this, this shows by the coverage here, who helped those girls? We did, you know. The black community helped to bring those girls back. Women helped to bring, or help, are going to help to bring those girls back, not the corporate media. So that's, that's my parting words. All right, Loretta? All right, it's Moretta. Um, my parting words are that despite everything that's happening, despite everything that has been missed, that's been neglected, that's been held back, keep those girls in the forefront of your mind every day you wake up in your bed in a safe place and every night when you go to bed, get on your knees and pray that these girls will be brought back to their families, to their homes, safely. Very good. Kamala? Um, I would just like to say that it's so important for Americans to stay connected to global happenings, uh, whether they be good, everyday things, or whether they be travesties. And um, the girls are that have been taken against their will is is why we are all here and, and you know want to thank Kim, thank you for doing this. But I think it's so important that we don't um, have a short attention span, and after this goes away, whatever happens, that we forget that there are countries like Nigeria out there that demand and need our attention so that we can be, be global citizens. All right, Dr. Butler? Yeah, I would just say, you know, keep keep your head up and understand that we don't get all the news that we're supposed to get here and that you have to start reaching out to other outlets like the BBC, you know, and, and other places to try to get the kind of news that we need to have about our, our brothers and sisters in the diaspora. It's really important to stay, as they say, stay woke, you know, on, on stories especially like this. And then secondarily, I would just also say too, um, to sort of echo everyone else to keep those girls at the forefront of our thoughts and prayers if you pray, you know, whatever you choose to do, and send some good thoughts their way because this is going to be very difficult for them. It already is very difficult for them and for their parents and their families and their siblings. And, and everyone else involved. And I think finally I would also say, too, that I hope that this is a terrible situation, but maybe one of the things that could come out of this situation is that um, for Nigerians who have sort of been in a, in a 
in a daze, let's say, that they will wake up for their days and realize that they are in a serious situation and that they are really in a, in a war almost, and they don't know it. But this sort of sense of pretending like it's not happening is not helping them. And it's time to wake up and realize the reality of what they're in. Exactly. And what I would like to say to everyone is, again, and I agree with everyone, keep this story in the forefront. Again, this could have been, you know, this could have happened here. This could be your sister, your nieces, your 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 daughters, you know, cousins, whomever. But we definitely want to keep these young girls in our thoughts. We want to keep this story alive. And I'm hoping that it doesn't take 10 years to bring the majority of these girls back. But if that's what it takes, you know, we have no control over that. But um, we want to keep our ears to the ground and, you know, if there are any ways that we can assist them in any way whatsoever like we've done with other countries, that's one thing that I will say is that we've been able to step up to the plate and send donations or what have you. So as I find out information, I will continue to post it. Um, we may end up doing another show about this. More than likely, I am going to do another show. But I wanted to make sure we got out there, we, you know, had the clarion call to let you all know what's happening out here. And, you know, again, keep your ear to the ground. Look at sources other than what's available to us in the United States. You have the BBC, you have Al Jazeera, you have Alternate, you have a number of different um, outlets in which you can get the media and the news and also the hashtag of Black Twitter. But for this particular um, story here for this issue, the hashtag is Bring Back Our Girls, and the other hashtag is Bring Back Our Daughters. So I would like to thank Tika, um, Loretta, Dr. Butler, and Dr. Haywood Rotini for joining me tonight for this very important episode. I appreciate you. I appreciate your input. And most importantly, I appreciate your time and dedication to this, you know, to this story and to these young ladies, you know. So we do want to bring our babies back home. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that, I say good night, everyone, and thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for You're having welcome. us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.